Hey there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. My name is Mo. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes and build community around important issues. On this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured on this platform are by people whose journey I'm inspired by, and most importantly, people who have been courageous and vulnerable to be open about their life stories. And I hope that in turn, you'll find these stories inspiring. Hello everyone, welcome to the show, and I'm your host, Ms. Sibon. Because of the virtue of who we're going to be talking about today, well, my guest and I decided it was the best option to mask their voice and hide their identity, because it's an ongoing legal issue and also personal issue as you come to listen. It's a story about divorce and how we got here. So this is a story about a divorce that went as swift as the marriage, as it were. And the reason for sharing this, like I said, it's a legal, it's an, it's an ongoing legal issue right now. So I do not have the liberty to really go into details about the identifiers and things that can really delineate the person's story. But we'll try our best to I'll try our best to give some context to it, and the hope really is just to uh, number one, hopefully help this person process it and heal through it, and look at some of the missteps and opportunities for intervention, and also help those that are probably listen to this or might be in this situation. When do you get out, or when do you how how do you avoid you know such a situation? So, for the purpose of this recording, I'm going to call her Raquel. Raquel resides in the U.S. and introduced, you know, she reached out to me. I was privy to the knowledge of what happened. And um, she's one of my friends, you know. Um, so, I think that's all I'm going to say about that. So, first, how are you doing? Um, in general, I'm great. I am doing well. Um, but with reference to this um, situation, it's been... A myriad of um, of emotions. Um, mm, I guess I'm I'm good actually. Even though sometimes I would think about it, I'm like, wait, are you really sure? Sometimes that would come up, you know, again in my mind. But overall, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um, good to know that. I think one of the questions to actually start off with is. When I when you told me you had gotten married, and it was after the fact, I almost wanted to just come chuck you wherever you were, because this was something we've been praying for. Because I know that's one of the desires of your heart to you know um, have a family, be married. The same way you know we talked about just my desire to be a mom and have kids, and for that to happen without me knowing, I felt like. And I know you weren't doing it to slight me because we're in a good place. And But with virtue of the friendship and relationship I had with you, I had to keep reminding myself that Raquel had a reason for it. But it's still a part of me that I would like to ask, at least play that devil advocate. Why was it so rushed? Because it happened so swiftly. We've been talking. And it was almost like, by the way, I'm married now. And I'm like... I remember just screaming. I was entering my... my I just got in home pulled my car into the garage, opened the kitchen door, and and I was screaming. And I remember Tyler was there. She, he was like, why are you shouting? I'm like, I mean, I was excited for you. Just to show you just how happy I was. Like, you're hearing that I had a baby. But you didn't know I was pregnant. That kind of thing. So, 
for those that might be listening, why was he rushed? So, that in itself was where the mistake was. Mm. Ah. Ah, why was he rushed? Now, um, when this, uh, when I was approached, when this, um, when the topic of marriage was brought up to me, I, um, you know, the whole haste about, oh, I'm going to be, uh, my, my job is going to let me go. Um, they're going to know that they've already given me an ultimatum to produce my paper. And this is a guy, by the way, just to be clear. So answer your question, yes. That was, it was a guy who came, you know, at me that way. And, um, yeah, so, so when, he, when, he, when, he, when he raised that topic, and it, might, it, was, it, it went against everything I believed in, everything I'd always, you know, said to people, like, you know, before you get married, you know, there's a process to it. But in that instant, in that moment, in that relationship, it felt like um, the, the right thing to do by him, almost like I was a different person. And I prayed, it was something I prayed about, and I felt like, okay, this is what God will have me do. So there was that too. And that's why sometimes I would think about, I'm like, did I convince myself that I heard from God that it was okay to do? Because it was on the strength of that, regardless of the, of the, of the pressure that I was getting from him. Because it took me about three weeks to actually agree to it. You know, this, not three weeks into the relationship, three weeks of asking, you know, to actually, you know, agree to it. And even before I agreed, I actually did research. I reached out to two, um, two other friends who, you know, had done something like that. Because again, it's not a new thing. Sometimes, you know, people get married. Um, you, you, you meet someone who doesn't have papers to stay in the U.S. And so you're telling yourself, okay, we can get married before we get married. So such as, to, especially if there's an urgency with the guy's um, status, um, maybe that it's about to expire. And like he said, he had an ultimatum. I, I know what that is. So that was why I felt, you know, you know what? Since it's for real anyway, and people have done it, it's, I mean... And they have beautiful marriages. Of course, not... I mean, every marriage has its ups and downs. But it's something that I've seen work in the past. So I didn't, you know, think my case would be different. But, that, but in my case, I feel like we pulled the cart before the horse. And that was... Um, yeah, that was one mistake. In hindsight. And I felt that I'd done... You know, I could have done differently. So, last year, um, I think I probably told you that. We had a friend... Who she was the one whose status was on shaky grounds, and I knew she was in a relationship with somebody. And they, I mean, and it was her I and Tyler that actually convinced her, like, you're about to be kicked out of the country. You've been dating this person for about two years. He doesn't really understand, you know, he doesn't know the gravity of the legal issues you have. Why not just, you know, since you guys have talked about marriage, why not just let him know that, hey, I do need papers and I know we've been thinking about marriage. Let's do that first. Now, I'm not somebody that will always tell people I would never advocate, you know, um, marriage for a green card. Like even people that do it for financial reasons, like you're paying somebody. Because I, I, I think marriage is a sacred institution, and I'm not gonna take it, you know, with so that levity. And she talked to the guy, no matter how difficult that conversation was. And guess what? They're married today. She's finally got her green card and all of that stuff. My concern for you was that number one, as your friend, I didn't know about this person. So that kind of rubbed me in a way. And number two, I still didn't know about this person. And number three, I didn't think there was so much of your relationship established enough. I knew that your heart wasn't to swindle the system. I knew you genuinely thought there was a relationship. 
And I think it's especially difficult for you because you had known this person many months ago, but then you guys lost touch and then you guys came back. Like, not like you were together before, but you found yourself in a space. And so the values you thought this person had, you never really cross-checked it. And I think that's what friends are there for you. So when you told me you got married, I think one of the first questions I asked you, if you don't remember, was, does your mom know about it? And when you told me yes, that kind of called the love of the words I had. But I was still worried for you. Because I was, and I was, I wouldn't ask you, like, because I know you're not that kind of person. Like, are you pregnant? <laughs> like, no. So I'm like, what the heck happened? And I still don't know why you married this person. I still don't know why. Maybe, like you said, you're in a different space. And I say all of that to say, would you say that there was some pressure in you about marriage? Because I know it's a desire for your heart. So would you say there was some pressure, you know? And that's one question. And number two, why didn't you tell? You know, because I want to think that we have that closeness to talk about stuff. So was there some pressure to, you know, get married? And then why did you exclude your friends from this, you know, important event of your life? Okay, so um, remember I said earlier that, you know, in this situation, we had put um, the cart before the horse. And um, so now to answer your question, why did I not carry other people along? Um, and why was the? It seemed like it was rushed. It seemed like there was no established relationship um, before this event, you know, happened. And and that's why I said in hindsight, that was my mistake. I typically would not do that, but with this guy, it was different because um, he was someone I knew. And the few times we had talked, even before trying to establish any relationship, it seemed like the same guy. I mean, it's a blessing to meet someone that you know, gets your jokes would, you know, because you have the same quirks, sort of, you know, live in the same neighborhood. You know, it's just, it's just comforting to meet someone that is not, um, you don't have to explain certain things to, but just because, you know, you guys grew up in the same neighborhood and you, get, you have similar stories to tell and exchange. And so that was what it was. It was, it was that. And, you know, if I'm being honest, it was just shortly after we had completed the, what you call it, the Hallelujah Challenge. And one of the prayers I had written down at the time was, you know, that we married by a certain time last year. I mean, so there was that. Um, at the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, is this it? Is this like the answer to the prayer? It came in a way I wasn't expecting. And as a Christian, sometimes, you know, they'll tell you, oh, your answer is not going to come. It's going to come disguised, you know, in the shape of work. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was that. I don't want to, because for me, I'm a person who takes responsibility um, for responsibility for my actions. And so in this case, I didn't do the due diligence that, like I would if it was just someone I was meeting for the first time. I went, I went off of, oh yes, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Um, I ignored some red flags. Um, and I also had at the back of my head, I had prayed this prayer. Maybe this is the answer to it. And I still prayed. And I think because I wanted to be sure that this was the next step to take, if this step was okay to take. And, and that's why I keep thinking, did I make a mistake? Did I not hear God correctly? Or was it just my own desire that over, you know, rode my, my good thinking? And so, um, and it seemed like someone who, uh, I can see... I don't want to lay any any blame on him at all. 
I want to take full responsibility for, I mean, I was a part of it. I, I could have said no. See, I've been offered this in the past where guys are come because again, when you are advanced in age, people think you should, you should just take anything that comes your way. So it's not like I've not said no to people in the past who has made suggestions such as he made to me. But this time around, it was different. Like, another thing that should have been a red flag for me, but it kind of felt like I was, you know, helping him instead of it being a red flag was he told me he didn't want anyone to know, oh, I'm a private person, oh, you know, you know how people, everybody gets in your business and, you know, things, you know, go awry and all that. But since this is not the real marriage... And you believe that. I know to a degree you believe that. I did. Yeah. Oh, and another thing, I should have known better. Because typically when I, when I start to date someone, I would take them to see my pastor. He refused. They said, no, he doesn't want to go and see the pastor because then the pastor's going to ask him, what is he doing? They're going to think it's because I want a green card from you. He came out as authentic. So I thought, again, we were on the same wavelength, at least at the time. Um, so for me, even though it was, again, like I said, I didn't just take this, this decision without doing some research. I spoke to two friends. One person that I, I consider a friend, an acquaintance, actually, because we always confuse friends and acquaintances. So, these are people that had done this. So, I couldn't talk to you because you hadn't done something, you know, similar to that. That was not your situation. I, and I, I know. It drove me crazy that I couldn't tell. Matter of fact, even when I, when I told you, he, still, he was mad. He was. Like, I told you, I told, uh, he didn't even want me to tell my mom. Matter of fact, on the day that we went to, to court, he didn't want my mom to come. And my mom didn't come. So he wanted it to be like it was just going to be the two of us. All right, those are red flags, people. Those are red flags. So now, in hindsight, that's what I would say to anyone. And this is what a very dear auntie and um, you've made me realize is a mentor. This is what she told me. If anything, whether people or situation or whatever it is, comes at you, trying to rush you. Oh, you have to make this decision now. If you don't do it now, you're going to lose this opportunity. If you don't do it now, you're going to lose this person. Let them go. Let that opportunity go. If it's yours, it will come back. So that's what I should have done. And I'm a thinking person. I overthink things a lot. And you even know that. So when he said that, at the time he had two jobs. When he said he gave him an ultimatum, I should have thought to myself, but even if they let you go in one job, you can then make the other part-time job your full-time job. And it was still, so we could have dated and tried to get to know each other better before, you know, doing that. Because the people who did it, this is where my case was different. People who did it, they had dated for a while. So it wasn't like they dated for three months and then they did it, which is, which was really, you know, what it was for us. And that's why for, for most of my friends that got to hear about it, they didn't even hear about the relationship because it really was me trying to get to know him. So it wasn't, and something that is still very fresh, it's not something I'll go around telling people, but I will have told you, even, even so, but I just, it was weird. It was a very weird time. And the number two red flag, which I think you forgot to mention, which I know you, you were going to talk about, was his family. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Okay, so, um, and another thing, the second person who I had reached out to, who was not even their friend. She's an acquaintance. So what she had said to me is that what she did in her time was that she made sure that, you know, the guy, the guy's family went to meet her family in Nigeria. Um, they did all of that ceremony, the, introduc- the introduction that, you know, Yoruba people would do. Yeah. So it's a cultural thing in Nigeria where you're getting married, the family of the man, of the man who go meet the family of the woman. And so, yeah. So she said for her that she did that 
But again, like I said before, regardless of the people you meet, regardless of the people you, you involve in your relationship, if his, if, if his intention was not right from the beginning, he's still going to mess you up. But you wouldn't get into it so quickly is what I'm trying to say because you're not a stupid person. Right. And you're not a desperate person. Right. So the factor there, the variable factor there is could be him, but the fixed factor here is you. Right. But guess what? It still goes back to the original mistake. And that's what the Bible says. If the foundation is faulty, what can the righteous do? At that point, I made a mistake already of putting the cart before the horse. Agreeing at all to do this for this young man who has not introduced me to his family. I mean, um, officially. You know, just told them in passing. I met someone, you know, someone who is willing to. I should, I should have insisted again. Like I go, I go back to what my mentor told me. She said, with that urgency, I should have insisted. Let's date for six months. Now, his response would have, would then um, show to me whether it's for real or not. You know, if all along it's just about your papers, no, it's okay. You can be without without a job for a month. You know, you should be fine because again, you have this second job. Like I was not thinking. I was just so maybe maybe in my subconscious now taking full responsibility in my sub, in my subconscious even though I wasn't actively desperate maybe there was a, it was deep this deep seated des- uh, desperation I'm not gonna go and say uh, well maybe it was all of your subconscious thinking God spoke to you because I know as humans sometimes we tend we, we can tend to do that to kind of make our wishes I'm not gonna doubt whether God spoke to you or not that's you know your that's your discovery and that's what you said so I'm gonna respect that. But I like that you owned up to the fact that at that point your defenses were low. Perhaps there was some deep-seated, you know, um, desperation. And I think the key—that's really the crux of the of the conversation here. Like we need to be careful where we get to the point in our life where we get we really want something, and then you know the things that will put us, you know, safety checks in our lives. We're not hitting those, you know, checklists. We're just, you know, like you said, putting the cart before the horse. And um. Would you? I don't like now. Okay, now let's even talk to how. Let's let's speak to how you, the cracks in the wall. Because you guys got married in in August, and by December, you had realized that my God, the crucial things I'd known about the person was a lie. And then after the fact, some things keep kept coming out. And one thing I'll give credit to Raquel for was that she. I mean, in owning up to her mistake, I was like, so how can I help you? Like. What can I do for you? She was like, just help me pray to God that whatever is hidden will be made manifest. And that prayer, people, you have no idea. Just some of the things we are discovering about this person, which, and I know that at the end of the day, this is going to be something we can laugh about and even maybe come out publicly about. Because I think, and I've said it, I said, you know, maybe your job in life, Raquel, is to make sure this guy gets deported in a good way. Maybe there's destiny waiting for him in his motherland, who, which we'll talk about, but. Let's talk about that. When did you start noticing the cracks in the wall and all of that? Okay, so uh, so I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about the deep-seated um, subconscious version of desperation that was there and I was not aware of. Um, is um, There were some things that he said. There were actions that he had taken before he met me that I didn't want in my husband. I didn't. For example, this individual had lied about something, in my opinion, very sacred, to um, increase his chances of securing a visa to come to the U.S. I am a strict believer in honesty. So to 
have someone, you know, be dishonest in that kind of way, and I still was willing to look past it. I mean, so that also attests to that, you know, because I questioned that, you know, decision. Like, why? I, I, matter of fact, I said it to, the, to this individual. Why would you even need to lie about that? If they're not going to give you the visa, they won't give you. Why did you lie about something that serious? He said, well, you know, we're just doing, of course, he gave that, you know, explanation of increased his chances. Besides, it was not real. He got my on paper, he was married. Him and it was someone in his family that suggested that to him. And to me, that was a red flag because if someone can do that, go to that extent to get what they want, they would do worse than that. And so for me, that, would, that, would, that should have been my no-no. But in my mind, I was like, people make mistakes. We can't really judge them by their past and all that and all that. And sometimes when people are desperate, they will do stuff. But I would, ne- I personally would never be that desperate as to lie about something like that. So that for me, I should have insisted on my values. You know, and it goes back to this idea of a Yoda or your clone, you know, the Yoda or your clone, you know, or your you know. So it's a thing, I'm going to explain it. <laughs> so it's a thing of, you know, our mothers will say to us that, oh, you meet this person, you let them go. You meet that person, you let them go. When are you going to finally settle down? You know, so it was also at the back of my like, okay, maybe he doesn't have as much, um, you know, he's not as principled as I am, but it's not as, as though he lacks principles. That, you know what, maybe we can still work with him. And that was where that mistake was. So there were red flags. Even from the very start, I just, you know, chose to ignore it because I thought, you know what, no one is perfect. You know, maybe to him, he needed to do that. But to me, I would never do that, you know, so... And yeah. I think I think the red flag there was that someone is willing to lie about something that and not even look back and be like, wow, I was in such even owning up to the reason that okay, what I did was actually really wrong. He didn't say anything wrong in that. <laughs> that was one. And then do you want to talk about the physical part of the relationship? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um <laughs> uh well for me, um growing up, I wanted to remain a virgin you know, till marriage. And so one of the things I would just allow forever is, you know, kissing. And so, because again, I can't go all the way, so... Close the lips. <laughs> yes. And that's, a, that's another thing. I was conflicted mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, the two ladies I had reached out to before agreeing to do this, I said, oh no, that once you're married, you can actually do what married would do in that marriage, but you can choose not to. But even if you do, then you're married. You know, and again, mind you, I went into this with the mindset of this is for real. It's just happening earlier than the real marriage, just because there's a need. So, um, but I found that this guy didn't want to kiss. And so there was a time he had told me that, you know, maybe I ate something and, you know, garlic, and my breath was garlicky, you know, so I. Which I find funny because you are very particular about how you smell, about your breath. Yes. But if your breath stinks, you probably won't smell it yourself. So it's someone else who will smell it. I'm very particular about the mouth. So you can imagine the, um, what's it called? Embarrassment? Yes, I was quite embarrassed. But guess what? In that instance, I chose, look, I had two options. Either to withdraw into my embarrassment or to say, oh, really? Get up and go into the bathroom and clean my mouth, which was what I did. So I came back. And, and this is to, uh, you know, for real, for real married people, when you correct someone on an issue, a sensitive issue, because something as, you know, personal as body odor, 
breath, your, your bad breath, your coochie smelling, all of that. Those are personal, very sensitive issues. You know, she's allowed. Right. You know, those are those are those are. I mean, that's a very sensitive um, topic to them in the ocean. <laughs> so when when a change has been made on the part of the smelly, the smeller should tell the smelly that oh, there's been a change, so that the person doesn't go on thinking, oh my god, is my breath is thinking, and you because you are not giving feedback, you give a feedback. So why don't you give a feedback? Like your ass was quick to give me that feedback, right? But right, okay. correction, teach exactly. You know, so I didn't get a feedback. And knowing me, I went back and I said to him, does my breath still stink? Said a little. And because of that, he wouldn't um, want to do anything. I matter if I asked him, are you going to... The nights are like, are you going to kiss me? He didn't, didn't. And that to me was a red flag. He was. Because you, in your... The, the relationships that I know you've been in and that you've been privy to, you have to be the one to set the boundary that it doesn't go because they want you. They right. Want you. Right. I just like, so what are you getting out of this, Raquel? Right. And there was also the issue of uh, body image, um, shaming. Um, oh, I went to his apartment and we're walking. I was walking, um, I was in front of him and then, you know, American homes, wood and all. Meaning I, that the walls are quite thin. So that's what she, the, the ground can shake a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was working in front of him, and they said to me, what do you weigh? So. No, he did. He did. So I said, why? That was my response. Why are you asking me that? He said, oh, it's because of the way you were working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put up with a lot that I normally wouldn't. Um, I have cut people off for less than that. But in this situation, mind you, I already signed the dots. So I'm like, okay, you got to walk around it. So what can I do? Help him speak better. You know, help him, you know. Because again, I, 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 this is a knowing that I know. That you, you, no one is perfect. So you just have to work with what you have. And so when he said that, I said, why? So I had to tell him, I, I said, look, I had been in a relationship before where someone body shamed me. And I would not have it. I would not have it. I said, look. We can still, uh, you know, go our separate ways, though, easily. Because if you like small... And even before we got together at all, I said, look, I'm not a small girl. I'm not a small girl. I am not big either. You know? Again, and that's the thing. Because when you get married, they tell you, oh, you know, you know, you have to compromise here and there. And so he said to me in that instance that, oh, you know, I, I just I just would need to watch the way that the minute is not able to carry me, that I should just know that it's time to start watching my weight. So, and then because he said that on the wedding day, you know, it'd be weird if he can't carry me. He, again, this person is a very traditional Nigerian man. Why would you even get with that kind of person? Because that's not who you are. Hey, you're da. Don't worry, da. I don't know you're now. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, that was that. So. Hmm. And to me, that's another reflect. Even though you were physically attracted to him, because you thought it was real all along. He wasn't physically attracted to you. No, he wasn't. And there was that thing you told me he said. And I almost just felt like hitting my head on the wall. Like, and give me time to love you. <laughs> it takes me a while for me to love somebody. I'm like, really though? Sorry, can you talk, talk a little bit? So people can actually understand his red flags. So I talked about his, um, his slowness to react. Especially, especially with loving things. You know, being loving. He wasn't a cool person. He was just not as expressive as I would want my husband to be. Um, and 
I'm a person who believes in this. A man is not a witch or a wizard, rather. Uh, so whatever you are thinking in your head, you need to let this person know. I've always believed in it. So whether it's with my female friends or my male friends, I always let people know what I'm thinking. If I'm upset about an, an issue, unless I'm not fighting for that relationship. But if I'm fighting and I, that person is important to me, I'll let you know that what you said, I didn't like it. Or this is how I feel, you know, about this situation. So I told him how I feel loved. I told him what, uh, what my love language was. I had, you know, been quite, you know, open and expli- expressive and explicit about it. You know, that, look, this is what makes me feel loved. I, you know, I, I made efforts. So when he said that, and, you know, I should give him time. You know, it takes him time to, lo- to know. To lo- so that's another point. If you're in a situation or in this kind of situation, don't ever feel that you don't have a choice. Don't. If you have the sense that your choice, your, your, your power to make a choice is taken away from you, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. And another thing my mentor said to me, when I was warned, because again, I worried about this guy. Hey, if I take this decision, they're going to deport him. That's going to be the consequence of my action. They're going to deport him. They're going to, people are going to talk bad about me. People who don't know me, they're going to, you know, they're going to have things to say about me that they didn't know about. They're going to, you know, so I was very concerned about that. But my mentor said to me, she said, no, it doesn't matter that he's not my responsibility. When he was coming to the U.S., did he call you? I said, no. Did he tell you what he wanted to do when he came to you? I said, no. So you are not his responsibility. And if it was that dishonest to start with, his journey was dishonest from the, from the very you know beginning. So no, God is a savior. You are not. You went and said this. Yes, yeah, said Raquel, you were stupid. She named it. And so it's, it's make sure you find someone. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they're older or younger. It's, it's best if they're older because a younger person might, might hesitate to tell you you're stupid. You know, unless you guys have a superb relationship like I have with my friend here. You know, and so she told me, she said, you were stupid, but you're not going to remain there. He's not your responsibility. Once she said that to me, I was liberated. Mm. And I, we eventually talked about it. And yeah. you said the exact same thing. Yeah, but I, don't, I couldn't use the S word with you. Right. But I remember, I remember, I was when I even told you that you need to go and tell this person what we just did. Because I knew that she had that um, authority over your life to speak because given her profession one and just the oversight she has with you and she's coming from a place of experience as far as the world which you know i really wouldn't have so i'm glad that she was able to speak to you and that you listened you listened because i'm sure if he had gone back to strangling with this person he probably would tell you that no what they're just hating on us Mm-hmm. So. You would have, and so I uh, thank you again for being that firm friend and for respecting my boundaries. When you know, you said, "Ah, oh my divorce, me you know, like let him go." But <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, all I said because again, I one thing I've always said. Anyone who knows me, I don't know how to translate this into English, but I, actually I do. But I'm going to say it in Yoruba first. He says, "I know that God could not allow like." God, my eyes will not be wide open and God will allow you to fly to get him. I'm tattooed on the palm of his hands. Yes. And I, I'm constantly committing my ways onto his hands. I said, Lord, if I had made a mistake, if this is a mistake from the start, I know he can correct it. And so, Lord, you will not lead me in this mistake. I surrender myself to you. And so, that, and, and that's why when you see, when everybody was like, ah, 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 all that noise was going on around me, I had to shut it down by asking you to just pray that singular prayer for me. But look, everything that is hidden Will come to light, and it didn't come into light until we we'll get oh, to that yeah. point. And the light shone. Yes, and we're still even discovering more. Stuff. More so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it was i mean the the possibly possibly maybe he thought the relationship would come out of it maybe genuinely we don't know his heart until we talk to him but there was a point where they had different wavelengths and raquel was never updated on the fact that okay i'm sorry i started this thinking i could love you and you know genuinely marry you but i don't think i can ever have those feelings for you those words were never spoken it was just pretense upon pretense upon pretense and i brought it up so when the situation happened i told him i said look you don't like me it was a very hard uh, place to get to it was hard because i felt stupid at that point and i could have remained there you know feeling stupid and not because i was trying to avoid feeling stupid i could have remained there because everybody loves ah she's married oh she looks happy instagram pictures are popping uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, Raquel, he does not love you. Matter of fact, he does not like you. Mm. And it was hard. It was I was pained. I was hurt. But I was willing to, to be above all of that and do what was best for me. I brought it up with him. But the first issue that we had. The, maybe there were other smaller issues, but the major issue for me was, um, so there was a time I attempted um, to reach him, and again, so communication has always been a big deal. Um, and Raquel likes, com- like, she's, she's someone that, one of her um, love languages is spending time with people that she really likes, mm-hmm. and to have somebody that is going to leave specifically told them, I do not like texting all the time, can we just get on the phone to talk? Meanwhile, before you got this, you know, before we signed the dotted lines and got married, you were pursuing, and all of a sudden, you're going cold for days and then texting me randomly, how are you doing? You're not calling. Yeah, so that was a major, um, major, major concern for me. Communication was it was very problematic for, for him, you know. But the first major concern that we had, that I knew that, look, this, this old relationship is, is breaking down. So... I said to him, um, I couldn't reach him all day. All day. So I'm, I'm texting. Because usually I'll get a text from him as I'm waking up. And it's not any any deep text message, really. Because at this point, it was only texting. Hey, how are you? Are you when are you setting out to go to work? Have you eaten? And after a while, those <coughs> questions were irritating me after a while. Because to me, they were just generic um, text messages. I was like, I want to check the box today. Right. That, oh, did I, send, did I text her today? Check. So and for me, I knew what it was. I wonder if he was doing that for the like the interview, probably to show that there was record of communication. I'm so, of it now, right, right. You know, so because again, he's just always insisting on just texting and not calling. See, I, and I think it got to a point where it was. Remember, you, you had said to me that what did you say to this guy that has made him so comfortable that he's not? He doesn't even almost like he doesn't give a care. He wasn't chasing you, Mm-mm. and I'm like, you need to be desired, like. For the first time, I dated Tyler for five years, and maybe I'm the wrong example to give. I still felt like, you know, I was worth a chase. I mean, now in the marriage, is, you know, things have just kind of plateaued. I still That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> things have kind of plateaued, like, you know, some, I still miss those days of being chased. I'm like, you guys are fairly married. You didn't even really date for that long. He's almost like, I don't know, like he knew that you could never leave him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what have you done to him? Like, so, so anyway, so going back, going back to uh, even talking about sister, I also mentioned that 
hold on, hold on. When I kept going on and going on, I said, just hold on. This guy is not chasing you. He, no, no, no. He knew what he was getting from the start. I was the one that got the wrong memo. You were the one who was, she, she named it. She said, desperate. Let's, call what, let's call it what it is. You were desperate. So you knew, he knew what he was getting. You were the one that read it wrong. You wanted something else or me, he wanted something else. Let's just call it what it is. So that um, his intentions didn't really, because it was one that he literally offered it up to him. That was how she, you know, she, I'm telling you what she said to me. That he didn't chase you. He's never chased you. Everything was made easy for him. So, yeah. He's not going to want to chase you. If that nothing has really changed. Like, you just thought he was doing the chasing. Like, no, no. Like, you were the one who was doing it. Because, I'll tell you what, just so that anything that had to do with commitments, it was, it would just be dragging his feet. And I think another thing was that before you guys signed the dotted note, he was saying, I want to come visit you, but I cannot. Because you know he didn't have like uh, like original papers to travel with, so he was always afraid of being you know, spotted and deported, which was you know genuine. But once he got you know the authorization to work and he could fly, all of a sudden the communications to like even meet up in person ceased. And I'm gonna go back to that. You you asked you asked the question earlier about um I can't remember what the question was. But I was trying to explain our first major fight. So I tried to reach him all day. And um, I couldn't. And so I called my my I, I called his sister. This is someone who I'd never spoken to. Uh, and that was another thing. The sister lived in the same state as he did. So the times I would go visit, I could have met the sister. But every time hey, my sister wants to, my sister talked about you, my sister wants to see you, and I was irritated by that. So a matter of fact, after I even talked, I, I even told him. I said, "Look, I I don't want to hear it." I don't want to hear it. If you want me to meet your sister, that's a different thing. But don't tell me that your sister wants to meet me. I don't care what she wants. What do you want? So if you came, if you came I, matter of fact, I won't give him the verbiage to use. If you came at me and said to me, Raquel, let's go out. Like, like, today is the day we're going to meet my sister. Be a man. Be a man. I won't mind it. Tell me what to do. I would not mind. So that didn't happen. So I called the sister. Um, whose number I had gotten because I asked for it, you know, just in case I'm not able to reach you, I need to know who to reach. So I, I called the sister and she was like, oh, you know, that she let her let, let try to call him. So she called him and didn't get a hold of him. So she called her older brother, one of her older brothers in Nigeria. And so that the, the older brother said to her, that, oh, no, he said he wasn't feeling well, that he went to sleep. So then, you know, he slept. He said he was going to sleep, um, sleep it off. So she then told me, oh, that, you know, she would call back if he calls her back and all. So then he, he wakes up, which which was not which was not true because he was not asleep. He was not asleep. So he, he, let's say he was asleep. So he wakes up, gets on the phone, and is mad mad. So he says to me, "Why did you call my sister?" And it, the tone, the tone was angry. So again, I I couldn't believe that you know, my action, in my opinion, my actions did not warrant his response. So I, I said to him, "Oh, because why has two branches and one tail?" Now. I was irritated as well, but I was, I was also... Trying to diffuse the situation. Right. I was also amused in a way. Sarcasm. Right. But I was irritated. I'm not going to lie. Because you ignored me the whole day. You're going to get on the phone and be angry that I called your sister because I was concerned about you. So he said to me, uh, really? I said, yes. Why does have two branches? I want at this point, my, my, my tone changed. Because he said, really? You know, and he was still angry. I said, you know what? Yes. Why does have two branches? I want tail. What you gonna do about it? I didn't say that part, but I, you know, that was my 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 stance. Like, what? I'm not gonna take this bullshit from you. It's not today. So then we started. 
Eh, because now his whole family is worried about him. Eh, blah 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 blah. Like, why did I go and call him? I said, Look, you know what? What is something that happened to you? Right. So I said to him, You know what? This conversation is not working for me. I don't know if it's working for you, but I am going to get off this phone because it's not working for me. That's what I do. I'm not going to sit on this phone and we're going to go back and forth or something that you should be apologizing to me first. So now you're going to make it look like it's my fault? No. That was a major fight. Mind you, right after that, that incident, he refused to talk to me, no text for like two weeks. So at this point, it, these things are building up. I'm realizing that, look, he's just using you at this point. Yeah, he may claim that he loves you, he's just going to tell you what you want to hear. What you want, uh, you want to hear. So we eventually talked uh, about the incident, and I, I said to him, I said, look, nobody wants to be taken for granted. That look, I'm really trying to hold on, but I'm not gonna lie to you. You not talking to me for two weeks opened my mind to a lot of possibilities. I said I, I cannot deny this. You know this. But if he listens to this, to this podcast, I would that this you not talking to me for two weeks made me think about so many things. Made me realize that you actually don't like. Me. Then that was when I brought that up, and that was when he said, eh, "I know he's always said this anyway that he needs time. That I should give him time." That you know, he's going to get to a point where because when he loves, he loves totally, he loves deeply. That even you go, you'll be surprised, you'll be touched. You're a bad demon, play book him number yeah. 101. <laughs> so that was a major fight. The second fight, um, was around so January came. And mind you, I'm you know, I'm proactive, I'm asking, um, so your list is coming up. These are things that we talked about that you know, it's going to come down to where I live, um, from where he lives. Um, it's gonna, his lease was going to expire in March. So his arrangement is a yearly arrangement. I, I used to live in an apartment. I still live in an apartment. You know, so I know what obtains that, you know, you send them a note to let them know you're not renewing your lease. So I called him. I said, ah, it's time for you to do that too because you want to make sure that you are, you're on top of it. Don't let what happened to me happen to you. Because you're going to pay. Right. They will make you pay. Mm-hmm. You, you pay. Sometimes, you know, pay for six months until they put someone in that apartment. You keep paying. You know, so I said that to me, and that was when he told me eh, that you know in December, by December, I received uh, a mail, and that you know in the mail they said that if you don't, if that if, if that by December thirty first, they're going to renew your list automatically. My like, bullshit, I call it bullshit. No, that's not true. I've lived in America longer than you. Longer ass. than your ass, but I didn't say that to him. Yes, I'm not going to take that lie. <laughs> no, all you have to do is respond to that. She go and read that. Send a copy of that of that letter that you got. Mm-hmm. In that letter, they will have told you if you do not respond yeah. by December thirty first, we will renew. And it, that's what they will do. But that they will just renew it without your consent. No, that's not what it's. That's not how they do Even it. Even your contract states, you know, how long you need to let them know. That right, sixty days, ninety days, whatever the arrangement is. So I'm even like we were trying to get like on top of it, like ninety days before, like send this letter in, let them know you're not renewing. He didn't tell me about this letter that you got. He renewed his lease. That was a major, this the red, the second red. I mean, major red flag for me. That you know what? Keep do, keep coming at me. Keep at, at this point. I'm I'm in a war. I'm in a war mode. I'm mean, I'm sure you can hear from my voice. I was I was in a war mode. My my mood had changed. I, I told myself, fuck it all. You know what? Come at me again. So he came and I, we talked. I was like, what? You renewed your lease? Without telling me, why would you even do that? And because you know, he just you, you, oh, and, oh no, no, calm down. Because I was, I was talking, I was talking. It was like so. After some point, told me, you know what? Calm down. Let me talk. So I actually laughed at that point. 
I was like, oh yeah, it's been a man. You love violence, girl. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but in that instance, I liked it. That you told me to be quiet. <laughs> the feminists didn't carry flag for this thing I say right now. Because in that instance, I, he, he couldn't see me. But I actually smiled. Even though I was mad. But in that instant, when he said that, I was like, oh, it's okay. so weird. It's weird. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I went quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let me hear what you have to say. It's going to be a lie anyway, but go ahead. <clears throat> so he said eh, that eh, that his list, he's not even sure that his name is on the list. What a lion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that his name is not even on the list, that he's not sure. I said, mm mm. They cannot, I'm not like, at this point, I'm bringing all my A game to the table. Look, I was going myself because I didn't want you to feel stupid. But no, you are not going to play me. Thus far, will you go? I'm drawing the line. I, like I told you before, I was in a war mood. Like, no, I'm done with your bullshit. I was going to start calling it. And so at this point, it was when we were talking and, you know, we're praying and all of that. Then I still was willing to make it work. Point, um, at some point um, earlier in the year, um, he got um, his um, work authorization card. And for those that are non-Americans, it's really that card that changes things for you. You can get a job, you submit a copy of that card to your employer. Yeah, and it's like it's it's just like a saving grace. Um, then once he got his papers, his initial excuse was, "Oh, I'm afraid to fly because I don't want because he knows um, someone who you know he drove to the airport and from the airport they just picked him up and he, he's, he was back in Nigeria before he, he could say Jesus is Lord, you know. So he was trying to avoid all that. So that was his excuse before that. So now he has his green card. I'm thinking, you know, maybe if we see in person, we can talk these things over and all that. But then, <sighs> buy this ticket." Again, at this point, I'm like, you know what? Let me let, let, let me allow him to do the chasing. Let's see if that would help. I'm not going to buy the ticket because I easily would have done it. Mm-hmm. And if I'd done it, we would not have had this issue. And I think that's the part where you probably enabled a lot of things in your relationship. Yes, you're correct. So, um, I I took charge because that's what I do naturally. I took charge. And that was, again, this was something that we talked about. For me, I'm very open with my relationships. I told myself, look, I'm the person. If I know that something needs to be done, I will do it, whether you're there or not. But I don't want that kind of man. I said, I don't want, I don't want a man who is a bolo. I don't want, bolo is someone who is slow. Someone who is quite, um, slow. I guess there's another way to say slow. Mm. Someone who's slow to catching up on Lacks action, not proactive. He's just, yeah, just not proactive, not being a man, like a manly man and that just sucks because you want a man who can I want a man who can make decisions for me sometimes. I don't want I want that responsibility to fall on someone else. I just want someone who will take can you take care of me? I can take care of myself. And I've done that for a while. Yeah. And so it's not a thing of it's a privilege actually. If I let you take care of me, it's a privilege. So I want a man who can take care of me. Anyway, so I said to him, No, you go ahead and make this prayer reservation for your ticket. He's never made it before. I gave him all the information that he needed for a thinking person. Give him the name of the airport. Uh, gave him the the time. I was even very specific. Told him that I, where where I live, there are two flights. Direct. Make sure you get a direct flight because it's winter. At the time that you know all of this was going on, it was winter period. So I said to him, you know, it's best that you do a direct flight because if you have a stopover and it snows over there, your flight will be cancelled. It may be delayed whatever you don't want any of that do a direct flight and matter of fact I, I was specific again with that i said there are two direct flights very early in the morning and very late in the evening so either one is fine i was that specific and it was not 
a phone conversation, it was a voice note. So even if he forgot, he had something to reference. You know, and go back to say, oh, what did Raquel say? You know, so he had that opportunity, right? I gave him everything he needed. So there was no, like, I just threw him on the bus, like, oh, no, go fish by yourself, no rod, no nothing. No, I gave him the fishing rod. Everything was there. All he had to do was fling the flipping rod and catch this fish. That's still your control issues. Again, no, like, I was trying to help him. That's because still control issues. It's still enabling in a way. Because if a guy I wants guess. to come and find you, yeah, well, I know. Let's believe he will still find you. I I'm know. just saying that. I know. What, what I'm not trying to put blame on you, but right. that maybe it's a blame on you, but that's just, just yeah, fine. No, no. If a guy I, wants to come seek you, like a hit seeking missile, they will find you. And that's what Kenny said. All you just have to do, and this is the man that told you that, right? Right. All you have to do is give him your address. He's gonna find the nearest airport. And this guy that that lied his way into the US. Best believe me, he's gonna find you, friend. I felt like ah. Oh. Anyway, so yes, you're right. I'm not. I'm, I, I guess in some way, my control issues also got in the way as well. Where I was just trying, you know, to to make this man a man. It helped him a lot. Yeah. It was to his advantage. And then when you wanted him to take charge, like it was like now it's convenient for you to want me to take charge. Right. And he didn't. And, and I, like you said, like someone should see that and play to your strength. Like oh, I like that she's proactive. What else? Because what is left for him to do? Just buy the damn ticket. Click, click. Your ass was saying that, well, I can't fly because they're going to pick me up. Now you have authorization to fly and you're like dragging your feet. Oh, don't go. Oh, we're not there yet. So the next day, which was after the Tuesday, mind you, this, the time, the, the planning period was like less than two weeks. But the, the, the thing about tickets is that the closer it gets, the more expensive it becomes. And I already mentioned this to this dude, you know. So then he gets, he gets on the, the whole day, he didn't talk to me. Send me a text, you know, just to, you know, just to let me know that, oh, no, you're so sorry. You know, it got so busy the day before, which is the fly, because you have 24 hours in a day. We used to talk. How did you get busy? It's the same freaking job. Mm. At this point, I'm mad. Like I told you, I was already in a warm, warm mood. I already knew it's, the decision I was going to take, but I was just giving him the rope. You know what? Let's see what he would do with this rope. So... Choke yourself, hang yourself at this point, or keep pulling closer. Carrying your way out of it. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. That's that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, I, I get I get in touch with him on Saturday. I was like, "Hi, that, oh, did you get a ticket?" He said, "No, just no." And this is when you know that someone is not willing to take responsibilities for their action, or they don't care about you. And so he said, when he says that, I was going to initially let it go. I said, "Oh, okay." So, but I realized, no, he should have given me an explanation. You know, come up with, a, with an apology, you know, for his slack, uh, his slackness and all of that, but nothing. So I said, if you don't mind me asking, why? So he said, eh, the last night, that was a Friday, that he tried to get it, that, you know, the, it was, the price was like $300 and some change, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, I said, look, the price of the ticket is not going to go down. It's Now it's like just one week away from the time. So... It's not gonna go down. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Just don't worry about it. So then, in his, I, so I said to him, I, he didn't respond. So I said to him, I said, look, I knew you were gonna choose silence, but that silence doesn't help. It makes things worse. Full stop. Let it be in record or on record that I did try to salvage things. He didn't know where I was coming from. He didn't know that. The general statement wasn't just specific to that situation. Like this is it. Bam. Done. I said something that if she's done with you, once she's determined, determined to cut you off, Raquel will cut you off. If yeah. The following uh, week, which happened to be Monday, I can't remember what day, what date that was, I went straight to the family quarters. Oh, wait. Yes. Well, I, I didn't care what you did. 
I got the papers already to file for divorce. To file for divorce. Yeah. Um, went through all that process. So that was quite um, a mouthful. So I just wonder, like, what thought were going on through your mind when you walked into the courthouse to file those divorce papers? Um, so I, all the thoughts I'd, I'd gone through prior to going in there. So another thing I am good at is being decisive. When I when I make up my mind about something, I do make up my mind. You know, that's yeah. why you got married. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Too soon, right? Sorry. Well, I mean, it's okay. So that we can laugh about it, it means I'm in a good place. So yeah. Um. So for me, uh, so prior to going to the courthouse, I I didn't um. I I felt I, the the thoughts that battled that was that was major was that oh my god this guy's gonna be deported and they will say that it's Raquel that brought it on him and that's important because for us as Nigerians there's a cultural almost like you don't want to be that person that will be talking about like oh you were the one that destroyed that person's life in a way and to show just how good of a person she is even when I kept telling her that no you have to be selfish for yourself right now it's self-preservation mode because if you continue in this marriage and when you guys get in front of the consular officer whoever when you have the interview for the marriage through the green card and all of that and you keep putting up the front that you're married to this person even though you guys don't have a marriage that's lying like you're actually aiding and abetting a liar and that will, you could get jail time if possible i mean yeah so I, I had to make her think of that in a legalistic standpoint because morally she knew she, it was it was wrong in a way to continue you know this fast of a relationship but she still had that feeling like i know this guy was desperate to come into the country i don't want to be because of me you know, but it wasn't because of you. It was because of him. Mind you, all the time I was giving him the long rope, I was already processing these emotions of, oh my God, if I do go through this, I'm going to be a divorcee over a marriage that was not for real, for real. By the time I got to the courthouse, first of all, <laughs> I was pressed for time. So I was anxious about that. Like, look, I need to get out of here as soon as possible. You know, so that was the primary emotion, to be honest. I was you know, really pressed for time. It was, it was during my work hours that I'd gone there on my break. So, so I went through, I went through that. They gave me the forms. I completed the forms. Now, the moment he got it, can you tell us just what ensued, you know, after that? Oh, yeah. The moment he got it. So his first text message, he says to me, I just got a divorce letter from a sheriff um, today at their office. Babe, has it gotten to this level that you don't even want to have anything to do with me no more? Please, I'm so sorry. I never meant to hurt your feeling. Please, my being no see me. And then he goes on to say, I sincerely love and care about you. Uh, he mentions my name. I know you've had it to the fullest. And so a couple hours after the first te- two texts, then he says to me, I know you've had it to the fullest. I know you kept telling me how you would lock up if you're tired of me. I'm sorry I took your warning for granted. Please, in God's name, I beg you, give me a chance to make things right. Please, my name. And so I said to him uh, at that point, because I, it was texting me and it was just it was just too much. I expected it um, and because Kenny had warned me. So he said, he's going to go through um, a couple phases. The first one is going to be desperate, calling you, begging you. And if he realizes that you're still intent to go on with this, he's going to start to hate you. So be ready. Yes, he's begging you now. He's going to turn around and start to hate you. So I said, oh, okay. So he said, I said to him, I said, look, hi, I want you to know my decision is not to spite you in any way. 
it took a lot emotionally to arrive at this decision, but I made to do what's best for me in this situation. I pray that doors will open for you and you will not be stuck. Things will continue to unfold beautifully for you and yours in Jesus' name. That's what I said to him. Because again, I understood the consequence of my actions, but I couldn't remain in that situation. I couldn't. Because I just, I said, look, for your sake and my sake, I cannot... Be a better person than I can. I said to myself, I cannot remain in this situation knowingly. Again, I understand the consequence of my of the action I'm about to take, but there are, there are other options, and I'm sure he will find them. Legal or illegal, I'm sure he will find them. So, anyway, it, it goes on and on. The text message um, exchanges. And then he the calls. He now started calling. Calling. At this he calls point. that he didn't want to yes. do before. He started paying more attention to you. He's telling me he loved me. He know that, you know, I, I, I you know, I mean so much to oh, him. And then he's going to come right away. He's going to book a flight and come right away. Right. And that, oh, 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 by the way, guess what? One of the things he said to me was, he doesn't even mind. And this was... More, I mean, text, uh, text message upon text messages, voice notes upon voice, ma- uh, upon voice note. Now, he's, he's harassing me now at this point. You know, matter of fact, he's harassing my Your mom. mom. He's harassing my mom. You know, telling my mom that, oh, he went to see a lawyer, that, you know, if he doesn't, uh, if I go on, the lawyer told him that if I go on with this decision, that, you know, it would mean that he will be uh, deported, that I should, that he knows that, you know, that, I should, that my mom should please beg me. That so you're a good like, child, that you weren't raised that way. Right. Like that. And he kept telling, you know, in the voice notes, again, he said multiple voice notes. Uh, and this, these are things that I was, you know, I would have appreciated if it wasn't on that duress. You know, so talking about how you know he you know he's willing to sign an undertaking he was willing to sign that he doesn't even mind he will break his lease he will move down to where i'm at the same state he said he didn't want to come to and when i listened to the voice notes and he said you know i'm willing to stand undertaking i'm going to make this marriage work at that point a week of desperation you know it was a chase for you but it wasn't a chase for you Raquel. Mm-hmm. it was a chase for what you could offer yeah. and that was his permanent thing in the u.s my mom cried over this issue and I felt so terrible because I had involved my mom. So now let's just let's before I even talk about you know just the ending part of it. When you guys got married, and you know things were you 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 taking a pain point because I I imagine that and I think I got that feeling. I had such a closing family; they were into each other and all of that. Was there any comment to you at least to like say thank you or you know how's it going our wife or like when can we come and finally meet you like was there any family involvement let's just assume that when you guys were dating there wasn't a family involvement just because he wanted to keep it hush but now that you're, you're married and anybody can go on google and search your name and the person's name it will pop up that you guys are legally married was there any family involvement was it like you know welcome to the family kind of they don't even have to like send you a bookie or a, a basket a gift basket saying thank you for helping rescuing our, uh, our son from the throes of immigration like was there anything like that from his fa- from his family no none at all none none whatsoever and um i don't know how he portrayed you to his family so but guess what the minute i served him or he was served then this uncle ontario i saw the number like it fits into me and then his uncle calls me i i, I kind of suspected we had to do with someone from his side of the family and so i'm like let me answer it because his sister had called me, I ignored it. I, you know, and so I get this call and I answered it. I'm like, okay, hello. He said, hi. He introduced himself. Uh, he's the uncle to this person. That, as a matter of fact, he's a little embarrassed that this is just reaching out to me because he didn't even know about the wedding until like two weeks ago, blah, blah, blah. And that, and that now this man had told that, you know, this, um, there is that, you know, what he's going through and the implication and all that. 
then he passed. Then if you don't mind me asking, oh, can you tell me what he really did? So I said to him, thank you so much for calling. I don't know you. I'm not comfortable discussing my personal life with you. I said, look, I understand. And he hung up. I blocked him. Then I get a text, 11.59, that same day. So all, the same day, everybody's uncle calls, his sister tried to call, his stepbrother tried to text me at 11.59 at night. Blocked him too. I'm like, no, I don't know you guys. So I said to him, after all of that harassment, so I said to him, hi, uh, please do not give my number to unknown people. Uh, and please, re- please limit your conversation with my mom directly or indirectly because she, she need not be involved in this situation at all. Thank you. So... Um, so that was that. That's how he involved um, his family eventually. Hmm. I know he he kept you know he there was an other voice that he said he couldn't sleep. He's scared. He's you know he hasn't been able to eat. That he loves you so much. He didn't see this coming. That she gave him a chance. Yadi yadi yadi. And then you found out something else about him. Can you just tell us the big reveal? Okay. So, and at this point. He already got served. Nothing prepared me for this. Nothing. And but somehow I guess I just was not as moved as I would have been if it was the primary reason for me wanting to let go of the relationship. Because you weren't being spiteful. Mm-mm. I was just doing what was best for me. And it's still the best decision for me. I still, you know, I, I have no regrets. I regret that it's gonna affect him, but unfortunately, what has to be done has to be done. So yeah, then then what was the big reveal? Okay, so now the big reveal. Because <laughs> I think that's that's really the importance here. Because we have we had been praying all along that, <laughs> okay, is there something else that we don't know about this? Because I don't really know him, Mm-mm. and as your friend, I, I would say it really hurt me because I don't really know him. Sorry. It's okay, it's okay. You know, like I said, whatever, like, no matter how bad I feel about this whole process, I can imagine how much money you're beating yourself up over it. So I'm not gonna you know do that with you, um, but. And I think that's the answer to our prayers. That even sometimes we might make mistakes, as we all do as humans. But it's the way God, that's probably when we come back with that spirit of contriteness, which I think was the biggest thing God really loved about David. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, David was the full-blown sinner. He did everything in the books, but he was still a man after God's heart. Yes. So who was the big reveal? That's what I'm really, yeah, I want my, our listeners to get to hear about. Okay, so uh, my mom had reasons, um, reason to come to where I live. Um, be with me and it was going to be for an extended period of time um and so um during the visit with all of this going on then she comes to me and says that there's something that she's been quite scared to you know broach with me and i said what is this topic because at this point i said what does it have to do with and she mentioned oh it has to do with the current situation with um the person you are trying to get away from um, so I said, okay, go on. Then she told me that, oh, my friend, and a friend, the friend who I had met him through in Nigeria said to her that she found that apparently he was cheating and that it's with a girl who's like 14 years younger than him. So the, I'm a year older than this young man. So she's 15 years younger than me. She's considerably younger. It's a cradle snatching event. Like, proper cradle snatching and so for me when my mom said it so i said to me that's not my business because like i said i already did what i wanted to do 
good riddance that is why i was like good riddance to bad rubbish and then and then i think another thing was that what he was telling the person about you right so now then the story the saga continues where then i found that apparently he told all and he's been trying to get with this girl since january of the previous year before you guys even started so january before we even started talking properly so i could have used that information to not be a divorcee right now to actually annul the marriage but i didn't have this information because it was based on fraud yes well he misrepresented himself then he says well oh by the way and that you know that i'm a very disrespectful person i'm someone who doesn't respect him you know he told all these lies that i, I didn't support him that it would even me when it came when it came to communication that i would complain if he doesn't call me i'll complain then he started calling or he started you know texting i started texting and leaving voice notes and he'd be asking me and whatever he said i started complaining about that too. and they are desperate that he's planning to leave you but you don't want to you don't right want to you know so so my, my thing now is you're there feeding this girl a lie but you're coming to me and begging so what do you think could be a backlash of this um if i had collected money from him hmm. then I w- my ass would be scared right now i will be scared uh, scared right now but that you know was not the case i have not it has nothing on me and if he brings anything up these are things that we can talk about in court I, he has nothing I have, you know. Yeah, I have I have nothing to hide. So even if there's something that he thinks that he has a hold over me, he can come to the court and we can talk about it. But I know for a fact that I'm done. Nobody's going to hold me to a marriage that I don't want to be a part of. Nobody. And so I think just recap of some of the things because we're going to end now is um i'm 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 sorry this happened to you and i i do pray for you that whatever residual um feelings of shame or regrets or whatever the devil might use as a loophole to make you feel lesser than who you are in christ Mm -hmm. i mean to break such strongholds over your life and for everybody listening to this especially um yeah women you know um let's not let's even men let's not buy into the lie of the devil that we're never enough and there's, they, we have to rush to do some things or there's a timing to stuff, you know. And for those that feel like you have to pressure those around you about, like, when are you getting married? Or, you know, like, like one other thing she said was, like, those voices that would say, like, but you're so picky. You're so picky about men. This is some of the job. I'm not trying to say that they are the ones responsible for what happened to recall, but it's still part of that ongoing narrative of the kind of pressure we put on people. Like, you guys have kids yet? When are you having kids? When are you getting married? And things like that. And if you are in this situation, like this young man, where you've lied and lied and you're paving your way, your life with deceit, just snap out of it. Like a conversation could be had before all of these things went into, you know, like, I don't love you anymore. And I'm sorry. Like, he, I don't think he ever really did, genuinely. So there's no, there's no point about that. He was just very manipulate, manipulative. And, um, yeah, so I, but I pray for healing, for anybody going through that feeling of hurt. Even though for her, she, when she realized that, when she had to speak that truth to herself, I'm glad that the the guy didn't tell you, like, he didn't tell you himself that I don't love you. You had to sit down with yourself. And for you to still be able to speak that truth, even though you're the one that, you know, you added to the you added to the situation in the first place by enabling some of the things. But for you to have that conversation with yourself, to be like, okay, this there's something going on here. He doesn't love me. To come to that point, I acknowledge you for that. Um, um, that reflection you did. And so keep having those honest conversations by yourself and even people around you to see like, hey, what you did, that that wasn't that wasn't a good move. And to be able to listen to them 
I think that's another good thing that yeah, I think is saving and of course definitely God's grace. Yes. So I think you know that's just that. And I want to pray for you, even as you go, that you know, I know your true desire really is to be married, not just to be married in the sense of the married word. I pray that for all of the things you've lost, that God will restore to you, and that you know, even though the true desires of your heart will be made manifest. And I pray that you know, um, this experience will make you stronger, and that someday we'll be able to talk about it more publicly and even help younger ladies, especially, you know, to be able to process or even not even fall into this kind of traps in the first place. And for this young man, if you ever get to listen to this podcast episode, love and light to you. And that's like the best thing I can say to you because I have other words for you, but love and light to you. And I do pray for you too, that your future, like whatever it might be, because God is such a wonderful God that despite all of our mistakes and our, you know, just our hangups and everything we do, he's a merciful God. I pray for mercy and grace to be multiplied unto you in everything you do. And yeah, and I pray for every cause against you, Raquel, because when we get desperate, things can happen. This is going to be a costless cause. You know, I bring to sanctify in the blood of Jesus. And that nothing, no evil shall come against you. Because I know you did everything with the divorce and all that. It wasn't to spite this person. It just came down to it. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to say to anyone who is in this situation or who might end up in this situation, that look, you're not stuck. The minute you realize it, it's so liberating. You're not stuck. You can still get out mm. of it. You can still get away with the stigma of being a divorcee. That was one of the things I struggled with. Just know that you're not stuck. You don't have to continue with the facade of that marriage. Get out. Literally. Get out. You know, of that situation. And you'll be glad. And it may, right, you may not get that gratification like right away, but you will be glad that you left that situation alone. Because what you have is yourself. And when you begin to lie to yourself, that's it. Everything around you that you've used as spot checks, like the people, they don't become a reflection of who you are anymore because you've lied to yourself. And so don't fall into that trap. Anyways, um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks for having me. I know it took a lot for you to be here, given just, you know, the enormity of this. And and I think it's a, it just goes to show the kind of person you are that you don't want anybody else to fall into these mistakes as well. And so thank you all also for listening to us today. Um, if you love this episode or if you gained anything from it, as there are perhaps people that you think would benefit from it, please go ahead and share the episode with them. We'd love to hear from you if you have any other words for Raquel as she's going through this because it's still going to be a present progressive. It's not something that's going to just be... Divorce is so heavy, you know. And in this case where it came with so many uncertainties and so many things that, you know, it's just, uh, it's just heavy stuff. Let us know. And anyways, this has been the Multiple Podcast. This concludes this episode with um, Raquel where we've talked about the verse and just everything that led up until, up until that and just red flags to avoid. Check out other contents on the Multiple Podcast and email me or talk to me at Multiple.com if you want to be on the show as well. Don't forget to rate and comment wherever you listen to your podcast. And I'm in your host, Multiple, and catch you guys on another episode of the Multiple Podcast. Thank you. to find another life.